Hello everyone and welcome. Um, welcome to the GMS Magazine Vidcast Podcast. It depends on actually if you're watching or listening to it. Regardless, hello, I am Paco Garcia. And I am Chris Diaz of DSX Machina. And we have a fair amount of things to talk about. One of them, by the way, I have zero idea what's going to be all about. Because as you may know, beloved listener, this is all about board games and role-playing games. Um, even though Chris sometimes will talk about other things as well, but mostly board games and role-playing games. Uh, we have interviews and shit like that, but not today. Today's just the two of us. Soon, though. We will have some, some wonderful oh, yeah. guests soon. Yeah, we've been talking to a lot of people uh, recently, and um, I think we're going to have an absolutely fantastic season. Uh, and since I am going to go to Essen in a month's time... Oh, I'm so envious. I so would love you to be there, because I think you would have... The oh, biggest nerdgasm of your life. Seriously, oh, yeah. I, th- oh, I think yeah. I think you will have. Uh, uh, it's such a wonderful place. I, I know people talk a lot about oh, Gencon this and Gencon that and Origins this and Origins that, but I wish Europeans had the same wonderful ability that North Americans have to instill excitement about the things that they do, because if they could do the same with Spiel. Believe me, Gen Con will have a huge, huge competition because Spiel yeah. is a magical place, absolutely magical place. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen photos and images of Spiel. You should, you should do like a like a live, like a daily diary thing, recording footage and posting it on your channel. Well, wow. you know, and if you want, you can actually, if you want, if, if you're too busy, you can just upload all that stuff, and then I'll edit it, and then I can send it to you to post on the channel. Actually, um, this year, for the first time. We need to check how much bandwidth it, it takes and how much uh, data it consumes. But Martin and I have bought a camera that will allow us to connect directly to my phone and do live streamings directly from the camera. Nice. So that should be very, very, very cool. And I hope I will be able to... I'm also bought a new gimbal. Oh, so I can take my little, you know, camera. The, the way that we organize ourselves when we go to Spiel is that in the mornings, you know, between ten and two p.m., we interview people. We, we have nice. those those interviews set in stone, and then in the afternoon, uh, Martin goes away, so he can start editing or doing whatever, and I stay behind, and I explore a little bit and talk to people. So we can do more interviews the following day in the afternoon. Very so cool. it's, it's when, when, when we discover things. And this year I want to focus my interviews on Asian games and board game companies. Right. Um, because they are companies, I kid you not, uh, Asian games have the best ideas ever. I mean, they, they have such a, such a different abstract way of thinking that... Even the simplest games, they just are absolutely incredible. And I don't feel that people pay them enough attention. Mm. They, they really have. You know, I have a, a game which is very coveted these days called Castle Crush. Castle Crush. Castle Crush, yes. It's by a company called So-So Games. And it literally, you have to build your little castle on top of a square, a wooden square, you have to build your little castle with some wooden pieces. And all the game is about is that you have a hammer that you place on the center and you just have to let it drop on one of your opponent's castles. And you have to um, get rid of as many pieces as possible. You have to demolish it. Mm. So the more pieces you demolish, the more points you get. That's it. That's it. Simple. Simple as that. When I had my cafe, it was by far the most played game. You had a cafe? I had a board game cafe in 2016, yes. Oh. <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I opened it. It was one of the biggest mistakes of my life. Um, That's too bad. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely... Uh, on the one hand, it was very rewarding. I imagine. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I loved having my, my business and it looked so cool and it was What was it great. called? La Base Secreta, The Secret Base. The Secret Base. Yeah. And what was the Spanish name? La Base Secreta. 
La, oh. Portuguese, I should be able to handle it. La base. La base. Base. B A S E. Base. Secreta. Secreta. Yeah. Uh, I had a oh, my my family ran a cafe in my youth as well. It was Cafe de Sol. It is hell to run a cafe. Yeah. Uh, insane hours. Uh, ridiculous, oh, ridiculous amount of work. And you're constantly paying taxes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, yeah. And then there is the people that you have to serve. And it's the, they were like, oh, go fuck yourselves, motherfuckers. <laughs> I have so many friends in the restaurant industry and, and so many of them want... Uh, uh, want me to work for them and I'm like I could do a lot of things just don't have me deal with people you know I, I've been in, I was in retail sales for, thir for, for, for almost 30 years I, I'm done you know it's the kind of thing that would say okay as long as I can speak my mind oh yeah I like one of those uh, themed restaurants where, where all the staff uh, belittle customers yeah I would be happy there uh, believe me but no in, the, in this particular case we I, I had to shut it down because it was making just about enough money to cover expenses. And, and not enough um, to survive. No, not enough to make it worth my while. Ah. You know, I, I'm making, uh, making numbers. I thought it's going to take me about three years to build up enough momentum to actually be able to have a proper salary. Yeah. And I thought, no worth You it. have to love it. You have to love it. And, you know, and, and I couldn't love something that I had people coming in. I'm not exaggerating. Okay, this is... This literally happened more than once. People arriving at 5 p.m., ordering a cup of coffee, sitting down to play with their friends, leaving at midnight, having had just a cup of coffee. Yeah, I gotta have some got a rule in place. Like in certain places, a lot of, a lot of the uh, nerd bars and cafes now, they have a sit-down fee. If you're just there to, play, if you're gonna play a board mm -hmm. game, you actually have to pay. And I've seen there, it used to be $5 and in some places as high as eight or $9. Like if you're coming down to play a board game, you actually, you have to pay. Um, board that. games are free off the wall, but you have to pay in order to sit down and, and play. I did that. And literally from one day to the next, 60% of my clientele dropped Ugh. because they said, and I was asking for one euro per person per hour. That seems okay. That was it. That was it. And people said, well, what is the point of coming here? Because if it is four of us and if we stay here three hours, then with that money, we could buy the game. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not, I'm not a library. I'm not paid by the government. Uh, you know, but I cannot. That's survive. actually a very reasonable price, actually. I cannot make a living if you stay here. And every hour, you pay me 20 cents. Yeah. That, that's, unless, that's, unless there's a mandatory food. Like, you, you have to order. If you're going to you, play a board game, you have to order food. You can't just do coffee. No, people didn't want to do that either. And I, I had some people coming in, ordering a packet of crisps, chips. Yeah. And as I was going to serve them the crisps, they would take a bottle of Coke and a can of Monster and put it on the table. And I would have to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, that's, an out that, that's standard policy in any restaurant. No outside food or drink. What, I said, what, what are you doing? Oh, but we don't have money. Then stay at home. But this is not the university canteen where you can just come in because you're studying. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have... If, 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 yeah, if, if, you were, if you really loved it and you fought for it and you had passion, yeah, eventually you could, you could enforce those rules and get the audience that you need. But like I said, if, if you, unless you like, like, like my writing career, my writing career, I should pick up a profession like welding or be in real estate if I wanted to make the type of money that I, I think I, I, I deserve. But, you know, I, I run these Kickstarters and sometimes they do well, sometimes they don't. And I, I kind of barely survive. And thank God I have a wife that uh, is actually paid a livable wage now, finally, after years of waiting. But no, I, I sympathize. Um, our, our cafe went under. Well, we had, we had, uh, we lost everything. And, uh, it was a bankruptcy that it took a long, long time for my family to recover from. Uh, I was too young, so I wasn't involved in it. Uh, but it, it affected greatly uh, my, my parents' lifestyle for, for quite a while. Believe me, I can understand you completely because up until about last year, 
I, I didn't have a salary that would allow me to, you know, say I am going to get to the end of the month and still have 100 euros in my account. Mm. Literally, I was, I was living with next to nothing every single month. So, yeah, no, I know exactly what it is like. Uh, so that's why I say when, when people say, oh, it's so cool, you have a game cafe. No. No, I want to open a game cafe. Don't. Seriously. Or make sure you have a clientele that knows very well what the expectations are, will be. Correct. And, and, and understand that geeks can be very, very entitled shits. At least in Spain. In Spain, they're absolutely horrible people. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm noticing more and more places. Like um, the, the, the humorous thing is that towns a quarter the size of Prince George, my hometown, um, do, do not have nerd cafes. Uh, have, sorry, they have nerd cafes. So uh, a place called Grand Prairie, which is about five hours from here, uh, has two, and their population is 60,000, and Prince George has none. Uh, and it's very surprising, and there's been a lot of talk between me and other restaurateurs that I know about opening one, and every one of them wants me involved because I have. I don't have restaurant experience, but I have management experience and, and people experience, and I'm also I'm avid, I'm an avid, uh, passion, uh, passionate person about food and, uh, and, and games, but... I got offered one uh, just uh, earlier this year, and I said that you know I can't commit. I got I got a Kickstarter launching. I have a Kickstarter I'm finishing. I can't get and 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 then ironically that business ended up closing down just this week. So dodged you touched the bull. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, like imagine if I had taken that position, you'd be in trouble. I'd now. be yeah. Well, I mean I. I'd be I'd be in the same position I am now, which is not employed. I wasn't well, employed. But it's not like I left a job to do it, right? Well, maybe so, <clears> but, but it would have taken a lot of time. Exactly, you would have had had a lot less time to do what you're doing now. So you would be starting from you know a much much lower position from that point of view. So mm -hmm. so anyway, we were going to talk about um, board games and role playing games. I think the themes. Yeah, I think the theme is, is is crappy people and and how to deal with them. Maybe mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I I like the theme. Uh, <clears throat> Lot. Which one do you want to start with? The Hadoozy or the secret one that you haven't told me what it is all about and I haven't done any research whatsoever to find out what it is? Okay, so the Hadoozy, I think should we start with the, with the Hadoozy? Uh, yes. Just because I think it's, 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 it's the bigger topic. Mm -hmm. um, so for those people don't know, um, the Hadoozy, which is a race from Spelljammer, uh, they have had their lore removed and Wizards of the Coast have apologized for it. Uh, for those people, I so I have not played Spelljammer. I knew the setting, but I've never read any of the books. But I do, I did did read through the. Uh, they're a race of flying monkey aliens, and according to the lore, and this is for people, and I apologize uh, for people who may be triggered by this. The Houdouzi were kidnapped, and experimented on by a wizard with the express intent to sell them as magically enhanced soldiers. And the Houdouzi later rose up and killed the wizard. Um, so basically, they are a race of enslaved monkeys. The, um, it goes even this did than not that. raise any red flags when it came out, and it somehow still passed muster and didn't raise any red flags until publication. It goes, uh, it, it, it goes deeper than that. So to interrupt you because, um, firstly, it's not just that they were kidnapped by a by, by a wizard; is that they were given sentience by a wizard. So at yeah. the beginning, they they were just standard kind of oh, 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 monkeys, yeah. and then comes a wizard and make them sentient. But also, they were enslaved and freed, and they still work for the elves, who treat them like they are garbage. But those Hadoozy look up to the elves as if they are some, wow, you're so cool. So it's a bit, ouch. And they are a race that were already present in Spelljammer, when it first came out, it's in the Beast Theory. And if you read the initial lore of the Hadoozy, it doesn't mention anywhere that they were enslaved, that they were given sentience by a wizard. Absolutely nothing at all. It does say that the, the elves look at them as a, a bit of, wow, funny, clever, useful monkeys. And they look at the elves as, wow, they're so elvy. But um, there's no mention of absolutely anything at all. And also the graphical representation of the Hadoozy is way, way too close to racist representations of minstrels to be comfortable. Yeah. So it goes very, very deep what they have I, done. It, 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 
and the and the, and the big question is, and this, and we're going to spin around this in a second, um, is is the fault of the representation? I think it's it, it's it's doubled down because Phil Jamper is not a dark setting. It's a light-hearted, satirical look at the genre. It's supposed to be light-hearted, and, and and then as a result, this comes off as tone deaf. Uh, notably. Um, so the Hadoozy were introduced in the original 82 version. And uh, so Wizards of the Coast, there was a lot of backlash. Wizards of the Coast deleted the lore from all digital versions of Spelljammer. And then they released a public apology. Um, now, there isn't a sensitivity reader or a diversity consultant, which is another term I haven't heard. Uh, there is none of that listed in the credits for the Astral Adventures guide. Uh, which you imagine would have avoided the error, hopefully, if that person does is, is a, catches that. Um, but it's interesting that in the course of of this of the fifty or some years um, that of D and D that they they they're still that this still gets through. And I know we've seen images of the writers, and you go well. But also, I for me, I don't I don't consider that like whenever I see like here are the writers for 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 D and D, and we see all bunch of white men, I go. Yeah, but some whenever I see that, I, I always feel that you know what. You can have that and still be a responsible writer. Correct. Right, and also it's also and it's hilarious too because if 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 we had a photo of you, myself, uh, and William, uh, who are uh, and and William's a, as a sensitivity reader on my project, you are as well as Hannibal uh, uh, Taboo, and and people will go, oh. Three, three white guys, of course. And then we go, yeah, I know, but Paco is not representing the heterosexual white male market. And William, yeah, he's, he's white, but he actually is, uh, he, he's a descendant of a uh, ethnic minority in Puerto Rico that was wiped out. Also, by... I'm, I'm not white. I am part Roma gypsy, so I'm kind of... Yeah, I know. I, but I do have there's... white skin privilege, but I'm not white. Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is, is that uh, I'm from the Azores, and the Azores are at least a couple tones darker than mainland Portugal. And and every single Portuguese person from the Azores that we know, because there's a big influx of, of, of Azorians in, in Prince George, they all look, they all have very, very dark skin. But for some reason, my dad and my mother were exceptions to the rule. So, like, my family... Do not look Azorian. And I don't know exactly what it is because every single Azorian Portuguese person in town, they're round faced, uh, they're dark, they have, they have much, much darker tone. It's like when I'm in China and I was like, oh, yeah, and they, they're, 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 this person's Chinese. They go, this per these two people look nothing alike from each other because this person's from South China, this person's from Tibet, and this, this person's from Shanghai. You could not have three completely divergent ethnicities that the that ch the Chinese government have somehow partially successfully convinced them all you're all Chinese. <laughs> like they're you go from South China to Tibet, you are it could not it's more different than Spain is to Norway. Lithuania. Like that's how divergent it is, and yet it's it's, it's fascinating. But yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where it's a combination of the representation of the Hadoozy and the presentation of the setting, right? But of course, now going up the topic, although this has placated some people, some people are, are, are happy that this has happened. Some people are still upset that this got through the first place. But then, of course, there is this growing, not huge, but vocal group of people, men, white men, that are bitching that Watsi didn't have to uh, acquiesce to this pressure that 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 that, that culture that 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 that, 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 that reflects the triggering culture is now sanitizing um, this setting and well, other settings that were similar. Well, you know, the thing is that technically they are correct. Wizards didn't have to do anything. They could have remained, you know, the way they were and left everything as it was and say to people, oopsies, we'll do better next time. Instead of that, mm -hmm. they've actually said, oopsies, <coughs> we've taken it out, we'll do better next time, which is a bit... Listen, how... I have two things about that. 
firstly, for people who complain that, you know, they didn't have to do it, you know what, you don't have to do it. Do you want to have, uh, you know, race of space faring monkeys that you can treat as you wish you could treat black people in the United States and your country? Go ahead. Be the bigot you've always felt you wanted to be in your heart. And it's important to note that the the lore was removed, but the race wasn't, if I, no, if I understand correctly. No, but that's, that's the thing, that it doesn't have to be removed, because the only thing they had mm. to do was a copy-paste of the 1982 entry of the Beastery, and that would be it. That entry was good. Done. Who had this completely mapped idea of including that bit of background, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. So it is true that wizards didn't have to ponder, but they decided to do their best to actually not piss off people because what is the point? I mean, you don't... And this is what people don't understand when when other companies take away some of this kind of more sensitive content, what is the point of keeping it there? It has upset somebody. What does yeah. it contribute? And, and, and like we said before, and this is thing I've said, uh, it's not about not pissing people off. It's about making sure that the people you're pissing off are the people you don't care that you piss off. Correct. Because, um, like I said, Watsi knew that they were going to get flack, but they're going to get flack from the people they don't care about their opinion of. But they want to placate because they know, and this there's an economic reason, because you have to, uh, you can't ignore the economic reason, that even with this one D&D, which has also received similar criticism, that they know that they have the white heterosexual male market locked down. They don't have to worry about them. But for D&D to expand, and Hasbro is a corporation that needs to expand, mm -hmm. they need to bring over young people, older people, women, and people of other ethnicities and orientations. That's their market. They can't grow with, their, with, with just the white males because they got them already. Correct. So now it comes down to, and they know that perfectly well. And thanks to things like um, uh, Stranger Things and the D&D movie, they're making it pop culture popular. And yes, and as a result, we're seeing way, way more non-white males playing D&D and people will say, well, why, you know, did, did we need that? I go, no, no it, even if you care about inclusivity, there's a perfectly valid economic reason that they, they do this because inclusivity <clears throat> invites more people with money and that ultimately is, is the reason. And so Wizard knows the more open they make their world, although they're going to lose a percentage not really that much, a minuscule, minute, almost infinitesimal percentage of of this old old crew, they're going to be rewarded with all the new people that are being accepted into the franchise. And we're seeing it now uh, with YouTube and Twitter and all these new people playing the game that would would have felt un, would have felt unwelcome uh, thirty some years ago or even ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. So there's an entire economic reason for this as well. So yes, this is about pissing off the right people. Uh, absolutely. Um, however, the question for me is, which is the, the second point that I wanted to raise, is how many times is Wizards going to keep these mistakes going? Because every single book that they have released that is not led or somehow influenced by a diverse cast, it has some problems. Well, I mean, D&D has always... Remember, D&D was, was founded by people that were, lack of a better word, a little ignorant. I mean, we're dealing with the time period of the late 70s. I mean, and they were publishing stuff like that even when recently, uh, was it just a few years ago, when Wizards started posting their books digitally, um, all their old books. They're, they just re Here you go, folks. Every every single D and D book that T that that D and D ever made, from TSR all the way to the to Wizards of the Coast, and of course, one of them was Oriental Adventures. Yes, famously one of the <laughs> the most the most racist inappropriate oh, tone deaf adventures ever ever made. Agreed. Right, and so <coughs> people were just like, you, you know, you 
that's a really bad module now. And yet, when I was young, I loved it because I was ignorant. I didn't know, but I did love the lore. But I didn't have any 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 friends uh, f- uh, from Asia, so they, they, were, they were like, you know, that that's really really stereotyped, you know. But um, even today, even 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 when you go to the monk, the monk class, it, it's it's. I've had this conversation with someone about what the monk is really based on, and so up until even just recently with fifth edition, we there was always these conversations where people were finally bringing up the conversation where well, that. D&D writers and role-playing writers in general from the 80s always conflated race and culture. Mm-hmm. That your biology uh, and the culture was somehow synonymous. And we know just from our world that that's not that's true. true. We have genetically identical people with vastly different cultures. But so to say that all dwarves are this and all are, are elves are this, some people might take offense to that. I, of course, counter the fact that, well, we know that human beings, we have common traits that everybody shares and, and that's bio, biological like we're pattern recognition machines we, we you know we are unfortunately fiercely competitive um we are very tribal like these are aspects that are, that are indicative to, to humans so when we write an elf race we can say that they're they have these other completely different biological things because they're magical but then you bring in culture and go okay but is this culture or is this biology and so dungeons and dragons have made a point now now they're pushing with one D saying no, no, no. Your your biology doesn't affect you as much as you think it is compared to what the choices you make in your life, which is reason now with 1D&D, they put ability score modifiers into your backgrounds rather than your race, which was the, one of the biggest modifications they've ever done to the staple of D&D in a very, very long time. And it's an idea I absolutely adore. The moment I saw that, I was like, oh, what a great idea. I can't wait to adopt that. But some people were just like, you know, and funny thing is there, there's there's... I can't see a single argument against it. I go, it's, it's, it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But for me, because one d is new, like what I'm going to be doing with Amethyst is I'm going to have blocks of highlighted area going, you have a choice. You can take the ability score bonus uh, from your race selection, or you can take the ability score bonus from your background. You can't do both. You can pick one of them. Therefore, I'm compatible with the old system and I'm compatible with the new system. But uh, I'll, I'll go real quickly into, into something... Um, Actually, I'll go back to you if you have any more comments before I go on another rant. Well, I mean, yeah, we have comments. We can have, I can have lots and lots and lots and lots of them. Um, I kind of lost track a little bit where, where I was. I was talking, um, what was I doing? What was I saying? Um, Dead air. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was I was listening to you and completely uh, went uh, yes about how many I'm times how how many how many times oh, yeah, are they going to uh, how many times are they going to keep saying oh sorry we'll do better I mean, what, this is not the last time but but that's the thing I get I get what you hear what you were saying regarding um, you know people this is a game that started with you know I, you know I think we should stop using that as a means to kind of either explain or justify the reason why this is happening. Because the people who started it are not the people running the show now. And the people running yeah. the show now should know, they do know better. I know for a fact that Chris Perkins, who is the person who's run the Spelljammer development, he knows a lot better than to allow the Hadoozy to get out unchecked. He knows better. Well, my, my counter to that, and it's not really a counter, um, but I, I, one thing I wanted to state is um, an explanation and justification, uh, I don't believe, are, are the same thing. You can say, well, this is why it's here, but that's not a justification to why it's there now. Also, as someone who's writing things, you'd be surprised, from my perspective, how I'll write something and despite my best intentions, I'm, I'm, I have this weird, I wouldn't say ignorance, but this blindness to something I write. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have someone like a sensitivity reader or a diversity reader too and go, oh, just catching in. Did you mean that? I'm like, holy crap. But that's no, the thing. Thanks. That is the thing. This is, the Hadoozy's been such a blatant, obvious mistake that even 
and I'm going to say something that will probably offend somebody, but even a mildly competent editor would have picked up. I don't know if the book editor picked it up and it was ignored or didn't pick it up. In either of those situations, the process is flawed. I understand that you need a sensitivity reader if you're going to do something that somehow resembles real life or resonates or echoes real life and you want to make sure you do it okay. But we're talking about a space monkey race. Yeah. Nothing here needs to, in the slightest, resonate, echo or reflect real life. It doesn't need it. So yeah. how come, firstly, somebody wrote it to be that way because seriously, this looks like some sort of mind wank from somebody who loves J.K. Rowling and wanted to have their own version no, of the, the Dobby. Elves. Yes. They, want, they, wanted, they wanted the Dobby. And I, oddly enough, I have a Dobby as well, uh, which we'll get into. But the, the thing I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying the fact that a lot of people can have the best intentions and, and still be ignorant. And you can have groups of people. And you say, why didn't the editor catch it? Why didn't this catch it? And in something that's not offensive, the number of times I've seen movies where a blatant error pops up and you go, wait a second. Like there's a film called Jerry Maguire. It's an old film with Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And there's a point where Cuba Gooding Jr. I think he just passed the, the end zone. He got a, and, he, and, he, and he got a touchdown and he runs out to cheer. Now as the camera pans up, the camera pans past the film crew and there's a film rig set up on the field. And you can see it as clear as day in the shot to the point that I cannot not see that. And you go, somebody had to have seen that. Somebody had to have seen that. And, something is, and some people go, no, nobody saw it. And I'm, I, I actually play, I actually, I, I had uh, two, for two times, I was a script supervisor in a film where my job is to catch That's errors. And the number of times I went, fuck, completely didn't notice that. It's amazing how blind people can be, and that's just on just error, just, just mistakes. So I know yeah. that situation that, that you could have uh, dozens and dozens of people, and they all could be willfully looking for these mistakes. You and know, I, 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 I see that. I don't find that a strong enough reason to give them a pass. No, no, I'm not giving them a pass. I'm just saying no, but I, I see it happening. I, I understand that. Don't, don't get me wrong, I, I, I really get it. But I'm sorry, there are things that... No, and, and the thing is, there are other things that people can see and they don't even get talked about and they are completely wrong. I mean, I've, I've been watching, which by the way, I am loving the Rings of Power series. Oh my God, I love that show so much. I'm loving it. I think it's because everyone told me it sucked. So I was going in there and I go, what the hell? This show, this show is amazing. Beautiful. My wife loved it. I loved it. However, there is one thing I've noticed that I'm a bit, did you really have to? Did you really have to give Irish accents to the half feet? <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. They gave Scottish accents to the dwarves. It's something that's, it's, I'm not, and once again, I'm I know, not justifying but, okay. it. I'm not giving no, excuse, but there is, but there is just, Okay, but there is one thing. Usually, at least in the UK, gypsies are considered Irish gypsies. So to give a whole species, race, whatever you want to call it, of traveling little people who look after themselves, who don't I want see. to do anything to do with anybody else, to give them the same accent as people who are, even up to today, completely stereotyped and misjudged and discriminated is a bit why didn't you give the Liverpoolian accents or broom because you wouldn't understand a word they said well that's, <laughs> that's fair that's, enough that's, or Mancunian or Mancunian accents you know they're Spanish anything why why didn't why did you have to give them Irish accents that see once again that I completely didn't know that I was completely oblivious. Exactly, to, to no, nobody nobody thinks about this. And to, and to me, that resonated an awful lot. But you know, I have Roma background, so I'm a bit more sensitive. Yeah, you're to also the, you're also an intelligent person, and you know these. And a lot of and the same thing is like, 
that's the issue, and especially when you have a smaller a small writing group. They say something, and then everyone else just follows through because they've been told to do something. Like, in my position as script supervisor, I would commonly raise my hand and go, uh, and they go, no, don't fucking bother. Don't mention it. It's not your job. Just figure out the tech, the, the, the tech holes. And this was not even about something that was insensitive. Uh, I was doing, a, the, the, the movie was about restaurants and cooking, and I was pointing out all the, all the insanely logical and technical holes that the main character, who was a chef, was making. And they're like, no one will care. I'm like, okay. And, I'm those, and for me, I can't do that. When, I'm, when I write something, I have to do it 100% so that the person I'm representing, the, the, the people that represents go, ooh, I can't believe that person did their research. But yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that because I didn't know. Exactly, but nobody, you know, and that's the thing with sensitivity reading, which is, <clears throat> it depends who does the sensitivity reading. But again, there are things that shouldn't happen at all. So, for example, it shouldn't happen that a D&D book doesn't have a sensitivity reader. That cannot happen anymore. It cannot. And yet, they've had probably one of the best sensitivity, not just readers, but consultants on the planet when they had Orion Black, to do their sensitivity consultancy in the company. And when Orion came saying, dudes, you need to change blah, 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 Orion was kicked out because it was too much work and not enough was done. And we're talking a few years ago. This is not something recent. Mm. So, and yet, we have a company that decides to invest in a book created solely and exclusively by people from ethnic minorities. So I'm a bit, what, what is going on here? Why is there such a disconnect from one book to the next? How can it be that a company that releases a book and is the kind of company you say, damn, I can be proud of this. For once in my freaking life, I can be proud of the work that a corporation is doing. Yeah. And suddenly, three months go by, and it's like, oh, so the fluke, the fluke was the previous book, not this one. Yeah. Hello. So it's, it's, it's the kind of thing, I think, I think from that point of view, and I say this from the point of view of somebody who desperately wants to believe that the people in Wizards really want to do well, okay? Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't think that there is an agenda of racism like there are with another companies that they just want to be able to be racist because I don't believe well, that some, that there's some wizards. companies that they don't like I said it comes down to once again economics Wizards of the Coast knows and Hasbro knows in order to expand their D&D audience they have to be inclusive because that brings in new people so there's an economic reason for them to not be racist some corporations don't need to have that they don't care yeah. um, so, but um, Hasbro actually has an economic reason outside of ethics and, Correct, but, there, but there, there are all the companies that, for the same reasons, and because of their ideals, you know, they decide that they want to keep producing racist or otherwise offensive content just because they should be allowed to do it. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. looking at the flamentation of the lame princess. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that, that kind of company, you know, that decide that they want to produce content that is going to offend minorities just because they feel that they should be entitled to do it, which is a bit, you do you, but F off. Yeah. You know, F off. So I think yeah. we just need to get their arse into gear and do whatever it takes to make sure that this is not going to stop again and tell people what they're doing about it. You know, it's, it's, it's just D&D is much too important, much too pivotal, in the industry of role-playing games to be able to get away with a simple apology and erasing some text from some digital documents. Yeah, it's too important to be handled, it's poorly. too important to be ham-fisted by the people with the reins. Correct. And the, and the thing is, there were some conversations, and I am one who said this as well, well, they just made my books that I'm going to be receiving in the next week they just made them collectible because the next printout is going to have a different set of characters for the Hadouzi. Yeah. So you just made my edition a collectible. So 
the funny thing is, um, now, we, now I guess a part of that part of that is the representation, where it came from, and so forth. And I know um, that there are tons of role playing games, mm-hmm. and this is going to spin over to me because I I'm very selfish. Um, that do things, and that they know that they're actually trying to have an allegory. For example, my Project Affinity, um, I, I did not have a sensitivity reader initially. Then I brought someone on board when someone asked me, do you have a sensitivity reader? And I said, no. And I was a bit knee-jerk going, well, I never thought I needed one. I brought one on board and I said, we have a sensitivity reader now. And then that person then canceled their pledge. I was like, oh, whatever. And in Affinity, I have a group of people, a a, a species, they're actually aliens, that their their culture is somewhat based off of uh, the Roma people. Mm -hmm. And and in the same case with with Amethyst, I say Amethyst is not a a rounded edges setting. I I write these intentionally to be allegorical. I write them in there to ensure people understand the point I'm trying to make. Amethyst is even more so because Amethyst deals with the collision of magic and technology, but I'm, I'm, I'm not even concealing the fact that when I say technology, I mean science. And when I mean magic, I mean religion. Um, it's, it's a huge element of the novels, and I do play with uh, existentialism. And yeah, I do have racism present in my story because, and, and one of the first negative review, reviews for Amethyst was somebody who said, the humans are all presented as stooges. The humans are all the bad guys. And I was just like, I just happen to know that we kind of are in a lot of situations. So I have this kingdom called uh, Baruch Malkut, which is, um, which is, which is a, which, and, and you have a nation of these religious extremists um, that have this branching offshoot of an Abrahamic religion that believe themselves superior to the extent that they have now completely enslaved every single elf race that, that they can. They are brutal, and I go into details. And when I went to explore the, that nation in factions, I did not hold back to the point where I literally researched Southern United States publications around that time. And in one situation, I copy-pasted a poster and I reworded it to represent this. And people were like, well, you're making a parable to, raise, to, 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 to segregation racism. I go, that's exactly what I'm doing. I am literally showing you that if humans can be shitty to, some, to a, slight, a slight alteration of, of, of two people to a two humans, right? This person has a slightly larger nose. And or this, you know, it's like the, the, the Star Trek thing about being black on the white side and uh, and white on the on the left side. And it's like, yeah, that's that's fiction does that all the time. Star Trek has been doing that since the 60s. They, they, they take something and they reconceptualize it. So when I did it, I wasn't I wasn't like, yeah, absolutely. It is. I don't see it's not some these are wizards doing this. I go, no, no, no. This is a nation of religious extremists that enslave elves as slave labor. Right. Yes, we have our own Dobbies, and yes, they are a suppressed. Uh, they're a suppressed people, and yes, we, and I paint them as horrific. I'm going to offend people with this. Someone's going to say, you know, I have this and so forth. Why'd you do that? I go, I'm doing that because I want to 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 point a light at something that people ignore. Star Trek does it the same way. It, it reconceptualizes. So that was my desire. Now, just recently with my last update, no, uh, two updates ago. Um, I, uh, I talked about my sensitivity readers and I said, Amethyst is not a rounded edge aesthetic. And I got, I, I got a couple comments and I'll go through them. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, please, for the love of God, do not go the way of Watsi with sensitivity pandering. As a DM player, I have a thick skin and can adjust on the fly. I'd rather the money be spent on art and content. Been running Amethyst for some some while now. Um, that's one. And I said, if you're a fan of Amethyst, you know that I don't shy away from content controversy. The setting will never have rounded edges. I brought on sensitivity readers onto onto Affinity. Not a single word was changed. 
as I explained to my sensitivity readers, uh, this one, this is not about offending no one. As I just said, this is about offending the right people. And yes, I will offend people with amethyst. It's going to happen. Um, I, have a, I have had numerous negative reviews for amethyst in the past that have been deleted as being inappropriate because uh, the people posting it have shown their true colors. Um, and there's a difference between softening a setting and ensuring the language is correct so that the message is conveyed without confusion. Uh, and then somebody mentioned, is offending people of color the right people? Because every time my non-white peeps and I see this kind of stuff, it smacks of white people trying to gatekeep us from seeing or hearing anything that might be something ist or something phobic, like we might go on a rampage through the interwebs. That was a very interesting um, response someone gave me. And I then reached out to them personally, and I kind of explained what I was doing and going, look, Amethyst will present troubling content. It will always do that as part of the part and parcel of the setting. I'm employing sensitive readers to make sure that message gets conveyed without someone misinterpreting it as the opposite of what I'm trying to say. And he said, okay, I understand that. So that Wizards of the Coast fiasco is bouncing back to, to creators like me as we're like, you know, we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. If we say we're employing sensitive readers and they go, don't pander to Tuatsi. And I go, okay, we're not, we're not employing sensitive readers. Damn you for not caring. And it's just one of those situations where like, you're going to piss people off, pick the group you're going to piss off, and then go with the flow. And I say, I want to be inclusive like Wizards of the Coast. I want, because I don't have a lot of big audience, so I want the, the largest audience that I can acquire. Uh, and that includes, it is, includes accepting and inviting and, and creating that diversity within my culture and within my publications. And some of that involves making sure I write something that I send it to someone going, am I doing this right? And you know what my intent is. So you can say, I know what you're trying to say. You're doing it right. Or this is how you change it to make sure that if somebody disagrees, you can go, no, no, no. It says right here. We explained it right here, right? You may still trigger people, but at least you've covered your bases that you are employing people to make sure that your language is correct. So it, it's, it's affecting even people like me. And, and that's the thing that would be a lot better if what they had done, you know, if, if it was intentional. You know, we've done this because we want to offend this type of people. But the problem is that they didn't do it intentionally and they offended the wrong type of people. So mm. anyway, um, conclusions, because we've been at it for nearly 47 minutes and we still have something else to talk about. Okay, so I'll go into the whole story here. Okay. Um, so uh, a individual by the name of John Del Araz, I don't know if the name sounds familiar. No. Uh, he has been banned... Um, from all Dice Tower uh, events. He has been banned from Dice Tower West Convention, and he was banned personally by Tom Bassel himself. Okay. Uh, how come? Now, he has made his own post, uh, John uh, De La Raz, and I have that here. Oh, John De La Raz, the asshole. <laughs> oh, my God, let's, yes. Please, yes, let's, let's, he, ban if, let's ban if... Off the freaking planet, please. So we have, uh, he, let's go to the history of things he's done. Uh, harassment of Patrick uh, Tomlinson, uh, autism slur. Um, he has done general bigotry, trolling, uh, harassment of, of John uh, Scalzi, Paul Weimer, uh, Lauren Aberdeen, uh, attacks against Cat uh, Rambo, S, uh, SFWA, continued lashing out against uh, Mary Robin Kowal, harassment of Sean Duke, harassment of Setsu Uzumi, harassment of Monica Val, uh, Valentinelli, uh, he sued Worldcon and just basically assholiness uh, all around. Uh, and so um, he was contacted very, like, very specifically by Tom Bassel saying, um, I would prefer to not have people come to our shows who publicly slander the Dice Tower and myself, wrote Bassel. Uh, if you want to go to a gaming convention, there are other ones to enjoy. And the funny thing is, and people who know uh, the, 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 uh, Tom Bassel know the channel, uh, finds... This, this, this part of, 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 of uh, uh, John DeLaRaz's uh, criticism and, and his, his response as being quite hilarious. He said, um, I've been banned from the convention because Tom doesn't like my YouTube content as I am right-leaning cultural commentator who speaks from a Christian perspective. So he says that Tom Vassell wait, wait, wait. is suppressing fewer, his rights. Fewer people are more Christian than Tom Vassell. What the hell? 
What the hell? <laughs> I know. This is like the most ridiculous thing. He thinks he's saying he is being blacklisted by Tom Vassell because of his right, because of John's right-leaning uh, Christian views. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, of all the things you could accuse Tom Vassell of, are you going to tell him not being Christian enough? Or that you are even even Christianer than your, the what? Oh my God! Well, but then that this is very typical of John de la Ross. I mean, he, Mister of the Rise, which is, is the literal translation of his surname to to Spanish, um, he's deluded. He's a complete deluded motherfucker. So anyway, what else does he say? Sorry, I'm. So okay. So um. <laughs> And this came shortly after uh, his recent attempt to join the game at uh, Gamma, the Game Manufacturers Association, which, due to his personal views, ended with numerous uh, libelous claims being leveled against him in an attempt to harm his career, according to him. And he's also been banned from the Dice Tower Facebook group uh, as well. And when confused, he said, confused as to why he had taken this action against me, uh, John says, as I had been contributing member to the group for years and had never used it as a form to talk politics. Um, he emailed Vassal personally to ask why his membership, uh, to ask for his membership to be, be reinstated. And Tom Vassal replied, to be clear, it was me who banned you. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Gamma, he explained. We were all offended by the hottest game reviewer video. So that's my reason. Sorry, that's, that sort of stuff is trash and I don't want it in my Facebook group. So yes, John did a video called the hottest board game reviewers. Um, yes. Yeah. So then, yeah. So anyway, he has now been, uh, he has been banned from Gamma. He has been banned from the Dice Tower. Um, and so here's also Rodney Smith, you know, Rodney. Smith. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. So Rodney Smith made this comment. Uh, John says uh, below that he is here to help make board games the most diverse and inclusive place possible. Perhaps some of you might want to watch this video from John shorter link when referring to characters in dc comics who have come out as gay or pansexual john says they are so tied into the weird identity identify identify spirals that they don't have any normal people who are the normal people john who are the abnormal people john perhaps gamma board members can let us know who they think their normal people are perhaps the gamma board members can let us know who they think the hottest board game reviewers are Take a look through John's YouTube channel to get a sense of how he wants to contribute to diversity and inclusion in the hobby. I will await the hit piece video John will now be fueled to make about me uh, because of this post, or he will feel compelled not to because I've called for it. Who can say? His reaction is irrelevant to me. I'm mostly curious about the reaction for, of other Gamma members. So Rodney Smith has, has, has piled on on this as well. Um, so, and now there's also, ooh, I haven't actually, this, is, this has been updated. There's now been Tom Vassell's, okay, this is, no, this is not something else. So, yeah, so Tom Vassell's threat to blacklist, this is something else he's posted, which I'm not going to watch. Tom Vassell's threat to blacklist conservative game designers, which I don't believe is happening. That's impossible. Um, Tom Vassell is a conservative game designer himself, for goodness sake. Uh, I mean, at least they could try to get their slander right for once. Oh, it gets worse. Watch. Listen to this. Okay. A month before he banned me, Vassal streamed with South Park co-creator Trey Parker, gleefully hosting him for a discussion on his top 10 board games of all time. Vassal has also hosted rad radical leftist Eric Lang, who once famously declared, F this generation of Republicans directly into the sun. Uh, so basically, he's accusing Tom Vassal of, as being anti-Christian uh, anti and a far leftist. That's like accusing me of it's, being... It's like accusing you of being a homophobe. But exactly. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? That's what I said. I mean, at least get just land the right. You know, come on. You, you, you could have accused Vassal of way, way more credible lies than, than that. I mean, I'm not... You know that I am not the biggest fan of, of Tom by any means. But... He ain't any of the things that this guy is saying he is. That, that is just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely yeah, there, ridiculous. Um, there's a blog uh, by Jim C. Hines. Uh, he has a link um, um, 
and it's basically John De La Rosa's history of trolling and harassing. So it's a much more accurate um, history of everything he's done. So if you are curious, you can go to jimchines.com and find John De La Rosa's history of trolling and harassing. He talks about the fact that Worldcon has banned him um, uh, and a variety of other things that have happened uh, that, that they, they list basically in detail um, uh, the things that he's done, the trolling he's done, some of the posts he's made, uh, some of his tweets. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he got kicked off of Twitter any, uh, sometime soon. Oh, that would be such a shame, wouldn't it? Yes. Hmm. Um, yeah. And as a result, he's actually tried to sue uh, Worldcon. He's filed a suit against Worldcon. He did that in 2018. I imagine nothing came of it. I can, uh, I can I imagine. Actually, yeah, 20, uh, 2019, uh, Judge Mark Pierce has dismissed four of the five causes of action of GDA's suit against Worldcon. The fifth, uh, the fifth cause is defamation, which remains before the court of potential interest. Now is in 2019. Um, so there's, there's a lot of information. This is a very, very, very big article here you can, you can read out. But yeah, that's, that's been the weekly weird news that's <laughs> occurred. Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I had no idea that that had happened. I'm, I am really glad that it has because that De La Rose fellow has been a pain in the thorn of, in the thorn in the ass of a lot of people I know, including Monica Valentinelli, who's, who's a good friend of mine and loved her to bits. So I, I know what he's capable of. And I remember one of the few tweets before I block his ass of my Twitter feed. Um, Something like Greg Stolze literally dismissing him as a look, you, you just, you know, you, you, you're too small, you're just not worth my time. And he, him coming back with, what's the matter, John? You, um, you're afraid of talking, uh, what the problem is, Kazi? You're afraid of talking to somebody who has the guts to live up to, to, against, to you? Scalzi has way more experience, way more wits, way more grit acquired in the last 10 minutes that you will be able to get throughout your whole life because you don't have enough neurons in your brain to put out that amount of talent. So who do you think you are? You deluded piece of shit. Yes, uh, so for, for me, what, what annoys me is just how he he harasses and he targets someone, and then that person responds, and then he then plays out to saying, it's a hit job, it's another SJW out to get me, this person uh, is talking shit about me, and then starts harassing and trolling that person again. So he creates the situation, and then when they take the bait, he then plays the victim and uses that as, as an excuse to attack them. He repeats this copy paste, this policy, this thing to everyone. And yeah, people are getting tired of it. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised considering Twitter is, is, is starting to act more. Uh, there's been a, a very, very, uh, very unfortunately famous um, influencer whose name I, I, I think I've intentionally forgotten uh, <laughs> that has com been almost completely deplatformed. Um, he is a, a, a massive, unapologetic uh, misogynist uh, who believes women should be property. And um, he's now been completely platformed from Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Donald, uh, and Donald so Trump? I, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. It could be. Uh, Jordan Peterson? Donald Trump, has almost been, Donald Trump has been so deplatformed that he had to create his own platform. This guy <laughs> yes. I'm talking about uh, does not have that power to create his own platform. But no, it's it's it, we're going to see a situation when John Delaros is going to get deplatformed out of um, out of Twitter. It's it's going to happen. But the thing uh, is, if he, he continues using the harassment hit job, he's going to enough he's going to get enough complaints levied against him that Twitter is going to kick him out. But the thing is, how how many followers does John Delaros has now? Because last time I checked, he had like sixteen hundred or something like that. It was he he was literally puny, next to nothing. He's he's never been a big player because he's too stupid, even for the stupid. Yeah. So I, I, the, the things I don't even, he just doesn't have the the power, the talent, the charisma to even be a troll. People just look at him and it's like, it's only the 20 rutnecks who read his work that would say anything, but he's nothing. 
He is just nothing. And yeah. he hates us. He hates he hates that. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean we're like what is it? He's 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 part of the demographic that we want to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> like who's who's the right people, Chris? I go him. He's the right like, people. Exactly. But I think he's he's one of the the group of people who goes hand in hand with the RPG pundit or with this uh, Derek Dishaw, uh, the Avengers Satanis, or James Desborough. They, they are just this James Raggy, this little tiny groupuscule of people who insist on defending their right of being assholes because that's their values and therefore they have to be respected whilst they are belittling, humiliating and offending. And I don't care much about the offence. But when that offence comes with some level of hurt and perpetuation of really harmful stereotypes, that can go to hell. That can go to hell. And this guy is one of those who insists on retaining the privilege of being able to behave like that while trying to censor anybody and everybody who mildly criticizes what they say because America Christian What the fuck? Yeah. But, uh, so the answer to your question, it took me a while to to to, to find him unfortunately. Um, he has 6,214 followers and 4,100 people following him. So that is... Less than me. That's, hmm? I've got more followers than him. <laughs> he's, no, you he's, he's no one. I mean, but the thing is, I am no one. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, you're at 7,500. I, I, and I am not a big personality. I'm not... I'm, I'm just a... You know, and these guys making noise by being no one no one. He is nothing, and he will never be, because he doesn't have what it takes to even be a quality bad guy. He will never be a Jordan Peterson, ever. Oh, no, he, yeah, no, he'll never be a Jordan Peterson. So, yeah. Well if we done. were to talk about Jordan Peterson, if we were to talk about Jordan Peterson, it would be a conversation that would take... Um, days? Uh, days, just like <laughs> Jordan Peterson takes to answer anything. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't talk too much about Jordan Peterson because I don't know enough about the guy. Uh, and the little I know is enough for me to just have zero interest in his bullshit. <laughs> the, the few articles I've read, it was like, holy shit. Exactly how much do you rely on the two inches cock you have to define your masculinity? Because seriously, you have issues, man. You have some when serious issues. Jordan, I'm, 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 embarrassed to, I'm embarrassed that he's a Canadian. Well, you have to have one. Uh, yeah, I know, but... Come on. I was embarrassed enough for Jim Carrey, and now i got to deal with this douchebag. Well, you know, he could be. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... But there you go. There's there, Those are our two big news stories of the day. Well... Dealing with... Dealing with... Uh, with trolls. Well, bad, bad... So this can be the... Uh, my conclusion would be... Bad Watsi. Do better. And keep doing better. For Stop doing bad. Not do better. Just... Stop doing bad. And Tom Vassell, I know you will never hear this because you don't care about me and I don't care about you because I'm gay and you know it. Uh, but well done. Congratulations. You've done the right thing. Mm, wish you did it more often. He's never going to hear this. I don't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, like I said, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if, if, if he's going to uh, respond to it. Sometimes when there's a controversy on the Dice Tower Facebook group, he does address it in a video. Uh, but this time, I don't think he's probably going to because he doesn't want to give ammunition to somebody. Well, that's the thing. Even responding would be platforming this guy. And he's just, exactly. that's he's exactly just, just not, not worth it. I mean, he's, he's going to be completely forgotten by any and everybody in the Morgan Gibkate Facebook, uh, sorry, and the Dice Tower Facebook group if, if he's not already. He's, he's not doesn't have the power to make enough ripples for the conversation to reach the Facebook group. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So there you go. Good. So um, can we say goodbye now? Yes, we can. We can go to bed and have more painkillers. 
because I'm, I'm you can you can you can sleep and hopefully uh, improve your your tooth pain. Yes, uh, because I haven't told you this, um, uh, listeners uh, and viewers. And if you are hearing this still, um, you know, well done. You can tell me what's happening in my mouth in the comments. Uh, I, I have a um, an infection here in my uh, wisdom tooth down there. Uh, I've been infected for a week and it's incredibly painful and I am absolutely full of analgesics uh, to try and stop the pain but it only works for a while and I'm having antibiotics which is making a mess of my stomach so I'm kind of desperate to go to the toilet too but I shouldn't have told you this and it's too much information for most of our listeners <laughs> but that's fine. I've had, I've, I've had uh, root canals so I know the pain. It's, it's horrible but I'm not gonna edit <coughs> this so um, I'm sorry listeners if you have to listen to this I love you very much um, seriously so thank you anyway for being there uh, much appreciated remember to bloody subscribe to our podcast and the channel and tell everyone don't just stay there and say oh Paco is so nice Chris is amazing and really handsome no don't do that just tell everybody just tell that we are amazing and Ask incredible the word. we need that to actually be good people for more people so um Comments you can send at podcast at gmsmagazine.com. I promise I read that email. Not every day, probably not even every week, but I promise I read it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, but Twitter is quicker. Facebook is quicker. I am at GMS Magazine in Twitter and Facebook. And I'm Chris from DSX Machina. You can find me at DSX Machina on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, and my Kickstarter uh, has about 19 days left. It's closing in on 60,000. And unfortunately, uh, a couple of really big, big name campaigns have launched, including Morris's. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, so it's one of those situations that if you can check out the campaign, please do. Uh, please show, show some love to uh, indie publishers. Bye. Bye.